Indeed, it is the Lover and the Fighter podcast. He would be the fighter, Dean Thomas, new UFC king of all media. Well, that's you. I'm the lover as well. You well, sort of, yeah. Sort of. Sort of, yeah, that's true. Then I'd be both as well, yeah. but just, I just fight with everybody in real life, Yeah. not inside the actual cage <laughs> itself. And I would be Brother Love, a.k.a. the love part of this bleep show. We can say shit. I mean, it's a podcast, right? Yeah, we can say whatever we want. We haven't cussed in a long time. God I mean, damn it. I don't, I don't like... God damn it. I don't like to cuss on, on a microphone. I don't either. But once in a while, it reminds people. Just be yeah. careful, because I know bad words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What yeah I'm saying? True. Yeah, because I will just know. spit fire. I will spit fire at you, and that's not just Dean Thomas's breath. It is the week of UFC 265. You are actually headed to Houston to, uh, to broadcast this fight. You're on the call. Once again, you are the in-fight analyst alongside... Your tag team partners in play-by-play, and that would be John Anik, Joe Rogan, and who else is on that? Is it Daniel, Cormier again? Daniel Cormier. Okay, fantastic. Uh, this fight card obviously suffered a huge loss with the positive test of your former fighter, Amanda Nunes. She will no longer be the co-main event of the evening. You touched base with her before she tested positive. Uh, just like to check in. She said, what up, Sifu? Everything good? You said everything good, but you haven't heard from her no, since. No, I actually heard from her afterwards. Oh, you did? I checked in afterwards. They okay. said they were all okay between her and Nina and the baby. And they the were baby. all okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, that fight will be rescheduled for later in the year. So it does make a UFC pay-per-view card, which isn't nearly as attractive as last month when we were all in Vegas for 264. It makes it obviously less attractive because there isn't addition. There is only just bumping up, if you will, to Coleman events. But if you look at this card overall, obviously it's Derek Lewis. It's hometown. It's Houston. It is the guy with the most knockouts in UFC history. And the heavyweights, people like to watch him bang. They sell tickets. They sell pay-per-views. I mean, I still think the card is very attractive. I still think with Jose Aldo and Pedro Munoz, you might not know who Pedro is, but, you know, with I Jose know Aldo. Pe- well, I mean, not you personally, but some people may not know him just by name. But Pedro was my guest to a Ludacris yeah. concert one time. <laughs> That's so <laughs> random. Well, just to say weird. it like that, it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a casino here in South Florida. And my PR firm, and then, you know, ESPN South Florida, where Dean and I work, ESPN West Palm, we uh, were part of this big party, this good life private party, and Ludacris was the performer, but it was by invitation only. And I had a guest list that I could have of like 50 people that, you know, and and one of my guests was my buddy Shoeface, Antonio Carlos Jr. Pedro. Right, so so I didn't know Pedro, but Pedro brought along your boy. Oh, yeah, Shoeface brought along Pedro. brought along Pedro, and so that's when I got to know him. So when you say, you don't know him, I'm like, no, no, that's my concert date. Well, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) well, a lot of people may not know him. He may not possess that name recognition. Really? But he's a a fantastic fighter. Of course he is. And he's going to bring a lot of heat to that fight, I think, which is going to really be. So it may not look like an attractive card now because Amanda is off, but I think that the action will uh, live up to what I think is the hype. 12 fights on the card as of today. We are taping on Thursday prior to, including a couple of ladies that you know, Tisha Torres and Angela Overkill Hill, who you did a little bit of a uh, little broadcast stuff with, a little workout with. Yeah, I did well. a workout Both. with her, and we've became good friends ever since. She's great. And she, yeah, she's an amazing human being. But Tisha, I've known Tisha for a long time because I used to train Tisha. Sure. So this is a really good fight. It's an interesting matchup. They fought before. 
where Tisha won. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, th- I think it's going to be a great fight. I don't know how the outcome is going to be this time because they're completely different fighters. They will be fourth from the top, so they will be on the pay-per-view. They'll be the second fight on the pay-per-view card. This, of course, in the strawweight division. Tisha Torres 12-5 and five, and Angela Hill right there at 13-9. Uh, and nine. But a couple of those losses were really bad scoring losses. Bad scoring and early in her career, yeah. too. So, like, yeah. That's not really indicative of her skill set. For sure. Uh, Tisha Torres, a minus 140 favorite. Who you like, Dean? That's a tough one. So based on that number, mm-hmm. if uh, the value is in Angela Hill. Because okay. Angela Hill is a significant different different fighter than she was when they fought the first time. So she's a plus 120, yeah. and you like a little bit of yeah, know, like cheese that. on that taco. Like, for sure. I like that a lot. You know, I would think it'd be more of a pick em. Yeah. But uh, Tisha changed a little bit, but she's relatively still kind of the same. Angela has changed a lot. Fair enough. All right, let's take a look at some of the other fights then on this card. And for those of you that say that's annoying, you're right, it is. And it's loud. We won't argue with you on that. Uh, Alonzo Menafield, Ed Herman. Uh, Ed Herman, who was on that Rochester card speaking to Shoeface back in May of 2019, when uh, everyone was chanting USA on any fighter that was American just to taunt because they're even racist in Rochester, New York, apparently. Really? Or nationalistic. You were yeah. there. You yeah, remember. I know. I know. You were coaching Shoeface at that point. Light heavyweight division. Um, Ed Herman plus 200. He's one of those guys, like a journeyman kind of guy. He's always around. He's on a bunch of fight cards. but Yeah, there's a little bit of value there because like sometimes these journeymen. 27 and 14. Right, but sometimes like they just pull it off against some of the younger guys. Sure. But you know it's a tough one to call because Alonzo Minifield is a heavy hitter. He's got a lot of power. And if he gets his hands on Ed Herman, you know he's gonna he's gonna knock him out. But I mean, the longer that fight goes, Ed Herman could maybe surprise you and pull it off. Yeah, pull off a submission or so. I hear you. Houston is no regulation in midst of pandemic. No face masks required for anyone in any dwelling, public or private. So for the Toyota Center on Saturday night, I don't expect to see many folks in uh, concern over COVID protocol. No, I, I, I mean it's first of all. Once you've left the barn, it's tough to put the horses back in the barn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's going back. And Americans have said, well, some folks are putting the mask back because they have to. Yeah. But, you know, Dana and the UFC are going to put on a, we're back to normal. Life resumes. Life has continued. It's a sold-out Toyota Center. And um, so, yeah, just to give a perspective, if you will, um, Texas is wide open. Yeah, I think I'm going to wear a mask, though, because like this this new Delta variant is a little crazy. Yeah. Everybody's right. been like coming down with something, so I think I'm going to protect myself. Understood, understood. Do you remember the uh, fight week last week? Do you remember at all? Do a you recall bit. at all? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember who the main event was? Yeah. See, that's how hard it is right yeah, now. Yeah. To know. That's how unmemorable some of these yeah. fight cards are, even though that was one that we were looking forward to for obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, I. It's hard to remember them all. It is. I have to like think back. Like last Saturday night, do you yeah. remember who your main event of the evening was? It was uh, Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland. It sure was. And I worked that. I mean, I worked. <laughs> you, I worked you, it. You were on the desk. <laughs> I was on the in desk. Vegas yeah. at the Apex, and you, and you took two nights in a row. Yeah, it was literally four days ago, <laughs> yeah. and you don't exactly recall. I don't really recall it. Is the UFC fighting too often? Should they take a Saturday off now and again? Well, I think they take. I think they take it. What happens is when they do take it off, like imagine like two weeks without the UFC. Mm-hmm. I think people start going through withdrawal. Like you do. People start going like, man, no UFC this weekend. So like, it, there was a time where I thought they were being oversaturated, but now it's like you expect it every week. Is it a bad thing though? Is no, it a it's bad a great thing? thing because I get more work. Well, I, I know you do, but I mean, is it a bad thing if people go through withdrawal? As long as they don't forget about you, as long as they don't nah. replace you with another tradition. 
No, no, no. I don't think it's a bad thing for a, a little bit of withdrawal because then you realize it, how, how important it is. Mm-hmm. Like you need the lack of it to realize what it actually is. Understood. Oh, uh, yeah. Absence makes a heart grow fonder. So let's look at uh, that main event real quick as we go back and we're jumping around a little bit. I know uh, Sean Strickland tried to put Uriah Hall away a couple of times, mm-hmm. but then made the decision in a couple of those spots when he could have slowed down the moment as we talk about, be precise with shots. It looked like Hall was in a lot of trouble and really all he needed was one good reason to buckle. And instead, Strickland started to shoot, started to go for takedowns. And then that kept those rounds alive, and it allowed for Hall to survive, and then the finish never came. Yeah, I don't think Sean Sean Strickland isn't out there to be champion. He's not out there to do the right thing to be champion and win fights that way. I think he just likes fighting. He likes to fight and hurt people. And I think that when he saw Uriah Hall hurt, I think he was like, I'm not done having fun yet. So he's playing with his food. I think he's playing with his food. He wasn't done having fun. And he was out there like if he if Uriah quit, I think he would have been mad. But performance of the night at this point was still open. I mean, you're the main event; it's still who's it going to be. Um, the uh, finish of the night was still wide open. KO. So they were still all wide open. So there was incentive beyond. It wasn't a clear cut winner for that extra money. I guess if you're fighting in that main event, he's like doesn't matter to me. Or yeah, I'm just going to do my thing. But it was to me strange watching it in real time that in those moments, and his corner even told him. His corner even said, hey, next time, you just finish there. He's hurt. He's done. You finish him here. Don't take him down. And then in the fifth round, there was an opportunity again, and he still did the same. I'm telling you, I don't think – I think he had a little bit more respect for Uriah than people are giving him credit for and just didn't want to put him away for that reason. was like, you know what? I'm not done playing with my food. (laughs) Uriah, he was an old buddy of mine, and I'm not here to – I mean – as much as he says he wanted to kill somebody in yeah. the in the cage, no. I don't. I don't. I think that was you know a bit in jest. But I think that he really just likes being out there and fighting and throwing punches. Yeah, and it, it showed in his lack of desire to want to just finish. Yeah, I don't think he wanted the the fight to be over. Five rounds of the beatdown. All right, let's continue on with the fifth fight of the night. This will kick off the pay per view on ESPN Plus. Uh, Casey Kenny at 16-3 and one no contest, taking on my favorite name in the UFC, Song Yadong. Yeah. It's just fun to say. It is fun and to say. And it's got a rhyming scheme, yeah, and it's one uh, yeah. song, one syllable, two Yadong, two. <laughs> That's my favorite you name. Have, you couldn't have song a Yadong. better rhyming scheme name than that. Song Yadong is my guy, is my guy. In this contest, it's almost a pick'em as of today. Casey Kenny minus 120 in the bantamweight division. Dean Thomas. Yeah, tough fight to call because... You know, it's a fast action fight. I think Song Yudong probably has the advantage on the feet in the striking area, but that won't matter if Casey Kenny keeps it close and starts to wrestle him a little bit. So, um, really a pick So, like, I-, I wouldn't touch this fight at all. All right, third fight from the top. By the way, we got to give a little... Because Christina, our producer, made it, so we have to play it once in a while. Makes her feel involved. Yeah. Like, hey, you you didn't do it for no reason. She's working right now. Uh, The third fight from the top, match three on the pay-per-view card, this would be the third one in, is Michael Chiesa and Vicente Luque. Uh, Chiesa, you know a little bit, obviously, on and off, but now he's doing some broadcast stuff. I've known him. He's become a friend of mine from the broadcast table. He's a good guy. I've known him for a while. Interesting guy. Interesting interesting fellow. Used to skateboard. That's how I got in the game. You and I talked about that yesterday off the air, off of our daily radio show. Um, that he's an interesting guy in that capacity. Skateboard dude that found fighting. Yeah, he, he's not a, he's not a natural fighter, but he's a, he's a natural competitor. He likes you know extreme sports. He likes to be in yeah. the fire in that manner. Um, he's got a tough fight ahead of him. He can't let it, he can't get hit too many times. 
but he's a great grappler, and I expect him to win this fight. The Brazilian Luque minus one twenty in the welterweight division, and you like Kiesa here at even Oh yeah, money. yeah. So like, if you if yeah, that's to me that's a steal. That's a um, really I like in this one. yeah. Because you'd expect him almost to be favored. Yeah, well, yeah, I would think that he'd be favored. I think that his grappling ability, and you know. Luke's got some pretty good chokes and everything, but I think Kiesa is going to be too good of a grappler. A lot of these lines are very close. I mean, this is one of those matchmaker where you go, well, it's either going to be a long night where a lot of judges' decision, or you just got it completely wrong. Because when you have lines like this, it says pick them. I mean, take a look at the card for Aldo and Munoz. It is minus one fifteen Jose Aldo or Jose Aldo, excuse me. And then Kiesa, as we said, even money. And then Tisha Torres is minus one forty. And then Song Yadong is at even money. And, you know, for the majority of the pay-per-view card, we are at pick-ems, coin flips, with the exception of the main event. <laughs> and that is a substantial differential, which is surprising to many considering it is. it is happening in said fighter's hometown. But we'll get to that in just a sec. But let's get back to the co-main event of the evening. It is replacing Nunez and the uh, Venezuelan Vixen. It is Jose Aldo and Pedro Munoz. Aldo, uh, excuse me, minus 115. It, you touched on it just a little bit earlier. Um, Pedro Munoz, he's got a real chance in this fight. He, he's got, got a real, a chance. real chance in this he's fight. He's got a, re- a very good chance in this fight because, you know, the thing is a lot of the, the Brazilian fighters, when they fight Aldo, they came up watching him. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have hero worship. Pedro Munoz doesn't have that towards Aldo. So like he's, I was going to ask you yeah, about that. He, he's not afraid of him. He respects him, but not enough to be like, hey, man, you know, he know he knows he can beat him. He's going to get in his face, and he's not the type of guy who walks backwards. And the advantage that he has is he's been training with uh, Edson Barbosa for years, and they're very similar to Aldo. And I've seen him go to war with Edson Barbosa. Yeah. So he's got a chance. But the big thing is Pedro Munoz has a tendency to hold his head up. He cannot do that against Aldo. Uh, that chin will get caught. That chin will get caught. So we are talking about a case where it's not uh, my idol becomes my rival. Right. This is not one of those I'm a little bit in awe because now I'm sharing the cage with. And we see this in tennis. I cover yeah. tennis as well. And you see where there's times where someone come up on Roger Federer or Novak Djokovic and they're, you know, Stefano Sissipas. And there's a little bit early on where you recognize um, there's an intimidation worship factor. You're saying for Pedro Munoz, who's not the youngest of Brazilians, but Jose Aldo, who comes into that cage with all of that reputation, all that history. Remember, before Connor caught him 12 seconds in, he won a decade without losing a fight. Oh, absolutely. A decade without yeah. losing a fight. You're saying for Pedro Munoz, there's respect, but there's no awe. Yeah, there's there's respect, no awe. I mean, when, when Aldo fought Marlon Marai, there was a little bit of respect in there. When he fought Renato Carnero, there was a little bit of respect. Now he's fighting Pedro Munoz. There's not that respect level, and he's going to go right at him. No awe. There's, there's, there's a little bit of respect, but no awe. Yeah, there's, there's respect for sure, but he knows how good he is. But. Okay, and you say who's got to tuck their chin? Pedro Munoz. Yeah. He's got to tuck his chin. Yeah, he fights with it up his head yeah, a little yeah, high. Yeah. All right, speaking of holding their head up high, Derek Lewis, it's his town. He is uh, the king of the city. He's H-Town. They're looking for a champion. Speaking of the Houston Astros and a tainted championship, could H-Town beat title town with Derek Lewis in this main event, which is a title fight? We put title fight in quotations because it doesn't really feel like it's earned more than it was offered, if yeah, you know was, what I'm saying. it was kind of offered. You know, they, they kind of needed this title fight for pay-per-view purposes, a, maybe. Sure. But um, Derek you, Lewis, by, by the way, yeah. not to cut you off, uh, Cyril Gaon is a minus 370 favorite. Minus 370. Border near near four bucks to lay. And we're looking at Derek Lewis coming back at plus 290 to plus 300. $100 when you're 300 if Derek Lewis can find that KO or just find a way to win. Yeah, I would, you know, while I expect Cyril Gaon to win this fight, he's the better of the two. Mm-hmm. 
Derek Lewis should never be three to one. Three to one underdog. Uh, yeah, he should never be. It should never be that puncher's chance. He's, he's the got, definition he's got the of puncher's, puncher's chance. chance. He's got a lot of little tricks. He's you know he's just he he should never be at that at those odds. Yeah. So I would never put money against him at those odds. So you may use uh, Cyril Gaon in a parlay, but yeah. you would never yeah, lay the yeah, don't four lay that. bills. Yeah, don't lay that. On. How, how does this fight work out? Scheduled for five. And it feels like one of those that unless it's a repeat of 2018 and uh, Lewis and uh, Nagano in Vegas where it was dancing and dancing and boring, right? That was that yeah, was yeah for sure. But this, this feels like this this could bang. This could bang a little. No, bit. I don't think so. I don't no? think I don't think it's going to bang a little bit. I think that um, I think Cyril Gaon is shown to be a very intelligent fighter, patient. Yeah, a patient. But people may assume as boring mm-hmm. is actually intelligence, which may get him the victory in this. He's going to have to. You know, be very careful. He can't make mistakes and he can't rush. He can't. His eyes can't get too wide. He's got to be very patient and just take take control of the fight and just take advantage of his opportunities. But with the crowd back and it being Houston and Derek Lewis feeling some pressure from the crowd to perform and show for them, might he take some unnecessary chances? Might he take some risks as a result of the patience of Gone and cause himself either to win or catch himself to get caught no i don't think i don't think derrick lewis will be affected I think by the crowd? I, i'm more i'm more concerned with gone being affected by the crowd really yes because when he showed that patience against the uh, biggie boy rosenstruck right. and, yeah. and against volkov yeah that was yeah. in the apex yeah there was nobody there watching that's true so i expect him to maybe be a little bit more affected by the crowd so that that's the key answer that's the the X factor in this fight. Yeah, normally you'd see a Derek Lewis fight. The over-under five rounds going to be two and a half. Right. Uh, maybe even one and a half some spots. It's four and a half under minus 180, which indicates it's not overwhelming that it will finish early. I just get a weird feeling that somebody's going to do something dumb and wind up getting caught. I mean, that could happen. I mean, Gunn could get caught. Early. You know better than I do. You know what's supposed to happen. I'm just based on, yeah, this could happen, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I'm but I'm almost, I'm leaning more towards Cyril Gaon winning a decision. Yeah, he should, he should indeed. Uh, for Dean Thomas, Josh Cohen saying thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and tell others to do so. Rate and uh, what you comment, I guess, on some platforms. Comment, rate, yeah. share it with your friends. Yeah, do stuff like that because we get paid the same no matter yeah. what and that's still zero. Zero. For Dean, brother love, telling you thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time for episode, I think, 11 of the Lover and the Fighter podcast.